Praise God. Some tremendous uh, men of God that are mentioned there. Brother Hughes and uh, Brother Vinny Azzolini, powerful men of God. Uh, got to meet Brother Vinny last August uh, at the Awakenings Conference in Ohio. God's hand is on him. Been connected with the Hughes family for some time. Uh, always appreciated their hunger for the things of God. And uh, so thankful for what God is doing. Good to see Pastor Lawson and his wife. Uh, so good to see them. Man of God that I uh, highly respect and appreciate. Uh, always been kind to our family. And uh, so great to worship with you. This morning, and uh, one of the uh, one of the sisters said, um, "Sister was just crying. Just the hand of God was on her." She goes, "I was a little worried this morning." She said, "When you got up, you sounded like a librarian." <laughs> I said, "Well, I had my librarian coat on, and then." Over time, I just kind of took the librarian coat off and put the preacher coat on. <laughs> Amen. That's just, when I'm, when I'm outside the pulpit, I may sound like a librarian. Amen. I, I'm laid back, calm, cool, and collected, chill. But then when the anointing gets on me, I become a little something different. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Uh, why don't we open up our Bibles to the book of Job, chapter 38. Appreciate so much the kindness and hospitality. Thank you so much for the gift basket uh, that you left my wife and I. We appreciate it so much. And uh, I do believe that it is decently and in order to have snacks. I just, I just believe in that. I just, something biblical about that. I'm still trying to figure that out, but... Just believe in snacks, amen. Believe in cookies and I better chill out here. I better chill out here. Job chapter 38 and verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and thou answer thou me. Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it, whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Who hath laid the cornerstone thereof when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who hath shut up the sea with doors when it break forth and if it hath issued out the womb? Last scripture, when I made the cloud the garment thereof in thick darkness as a swaddling band for it. I want to draw my thought out of verse 1 where it says, and the Lord answered Job, out of the whirlwind. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject, out of the whirlwind. 
out of the whirlwind. Why don't you lay your Bibles down one more time and close your eyes, lift up your hands, and let's ask God to do what he wants to do here. Lord, I thank you so much for what you did this morning. I thank you so much for the hunger of these wonderful people. Lord, I thank you so much for their obedience to your presence. I ask you to do something special in every one of them. Your hand is upon them already. And I ask for your hand to be strengthened upon them even more. Do something that will change their lives forever tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you clap your hands one more time? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout yes. yes. David said in Psalm 4 and 1, he said, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. He said, God, you didn't enlarge me when everything was going good in my life. You enlarged me when I was in trouble. You didn't grow me when everything was going smooth in my life, but it was in the midst of distress and trouble that you chose to grow me. Uh, I hated the trouble. I despised the trouble. I hated the chaos. But when I look back on it, I realize that those were my greatest moments of growth. When I was in the valley, not when I was on the mountain. When I was in despair, not when I was operating in deliverance. It was, was, it was in the tough times that you chose to grow me. And I hated the persecution. I hated the pain. I hated the trial until I understood what the Greek word for persecution was. And the Greek word for persecution literally means to press forward. I complained about persecution until I understood that it was persecution that was pressing me forward. It was my pain that was pushing me forward. I, I didn't want to go forward. I liked being comfortable where I was, but then a trial entered my life and it pushed me into the presence of God sometimes when I didn't feel like being there. It was in the trouble that God grew me. It was in the pain that God did something deep in me. It was in the trial that he pushed me to grow uh, when I liked being comfortable where I was. And, and I thank God for God being willing uh, to work in the midst of chaos. Uh, I thank God for God using chaos uh, to teach me something about myself and to teach me something about him. Genesis 1 and 1 says it this way. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Check it now. God created the world, the earth, without form. 
He created the chaos to show us what happens when his word gets into chaos. And when his word gets into chaos, it brings order. He was showing us what happens when the earth yields to the word and yields to the spirit. Transformation happens. That's why he said, let there be light. The earth had to let the word and let the spirit work for fruit to come forth. Man, I feel like preaching. He created the earth without form, bare form, wasteland, nothingness. That's what the earth was, wasteland, nothingness. But here's the revelation. Every planet that God created and all the galaxy and the universe, God also created in bare form. What the earth used to be, that's what the other planets are. You won't find life out there. The earth is chosen in itself as the only planet where God uses his word and his spirit to actively change things. You won't find life out there unless you bring the elements from down here to try to create life up there. The earth is chosen in itself, so the earth looks through the telescope. And it looks at the planets, and it says, that used to be me. Until God got a hold of me. Is that anybody's testimony that that used to be lost and undone until the word and the spirit came in and did something in my midst? The only thing good about me is I let the word and the spirit work in me. The only thing good about me is that I learn to yield. I don't resist preaching, no. I open up my spirit because it begins to cultivate fruit and destiny in me. I wish somebody would clap their hands if they're thankful for the word. Hallelujah. He created the chaos that you might appreciate his majesty. He created the chaos because that's the only way you would appreciate his glory. You will not appreciate his word until a chaotic chapter comes into your life and it makes you appreciate the hand, the spirit, and the word of God. Can I tell you, most people don't backslide in the midst of chaos. Most people backslide when they're blessed. I feel like preaching right now. It's when people feel so blessed. They don't feel like they have to clap. They don't feel like they have to shout. They don't feel like they have to dance. Come on, somebody. Give me somebody that's hungry. Give me somebody that wants the power. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Can I tell you the Holy Ghost doesn't have the power to make not one of us forget. Can I tell you the Holy Ghost doesn't have the power to make you forget. Can I preach to you right now? The Holy Ghost, matter of fact, calls to remembrance, but it doesn't have the power to make you forget. That's one of the worst things in eternity. It's not the flames of fire in hell. It's that you will never lose your memory. That rich man remembered every brother. He remembered everything because even eternity will not take your memory away. But the one thing that can make you forget is blessing can make you forget. Moses said you're going to be so blessed when you go into the promised land. You're going to forget my commandments. You're going to forget what you've been through. Joseph forgot what he'd been through because of the blessing that was in the palace. But can I preach to you right now? When blessing makes you forget, God sends chaos to make you remember. And all of a sudden, when you're going through all types of chaos, we don't have to beg you to run. We don't have to beg you to praise. We don't have to beg you to be faithful because affliction and chaos pushes you to your knees and says, I need help in the time of trouble. Lead me to the rock that is higher. I wish somebody would clap again. God will send chaos to make you appreciate his majesty because some of y'all pride yourself in being independent. Some of y'all pride yourself in being self-made. My Lord, I'm preaching right now. Some people, they say, oh, I'm independent. I'm self-made. God's like, I got something for that. You like being in control. I want to see how you behave when you don't have control. I want to see how you behave when a whirlwind comes. Come on, somebody, and you'll enter can't deliver your family and your finances can't deliver your family and all of your educational background can't deliver you out of this what do you do in a whirlwind come so, so, some of y'all so controlling it's scary y'all the worst passenger drivers ever Y'all in the passenger seat, y'all not even driving. You're in the passenger seat, turn left, turn right, slow down, slow down, too fast. See, if you missed the turn, you should have took this shortcut. Like being in control. What do you do when God's in the driver's seat? You tell God, turn left. He goes, no, I feel like turning right. God, wait, 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 wait. make a U-turn. No, I'm going straight. Hold on, God, there's a construction area. I don't care. I'm the one that made that construction area. I feel like preaching to somebody. Come on, let God take the wheel and do something in your midst in this place. <laughs> Have the audacity to try to direct God. So controlling, you think you dictate God. Sometimes God will just do something that don't even make sense just to let you know you, you don't get it. 
Oh, my Lord. Oh, I'm helping somebody here. He sends chaos to make you appreciate his majesty. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The deep has a face. And the face of the deep is darkness. Darkness is the face of your next level. You want to go into the depths of revival. You want to go into the depths of God. Well, the first thing you're going to meet is darkness. The Jews refer to darkness and the evening time as the transition point to the next day. When you encounter darkness, that just means you're in transition. You are transitioning into something new. You will never discover new mercy until you first encounter darkness. If there is no darkness for the next six months, well, you've been in the same day for six months. Which means you've been in the same mercy for six months. But it's when darkness comes that it transitions you to the next day. And his mercies are new every morning. So I must encounter darkness to get new mercy. Don't despise your darkness. You stay in that darkness long enough, you're going to discover what the psalmist said, that the darkness is his secret place. It's where God gives his secrets. Whoo! You don't get them in the daytime. You say, I want to grow, Lord. He goes, well, here's some darkness. And I want to see how bad you want to grow. Help me, Lord. You see, when you're in darkness, your pupils are trained to seek for light. Your pupils are trained to suck the light in a dark place. That's why you can enter into a building that's dark. You can't see anything when you initially get into it. But you stay in there long enough. Your eyes start pulling the light out of everywhere. You can start seeing things you couldn't see before. And God said, that's what I want to do with you. I will keep you in the darkness long enough until you start seeing me in every situation. And no matter how bad it is, you can see me getting glory out of the midst of it. Out of the whirlwind. Out of the whirlwind. Out of the whirlwind. Out of the chaos, out of the pain, out of the trouble, out of the trial, 
the Lord spoke to Job. That word whirlwind in the Hebrew, it literally means a storm. Sometimes God's best answers come out of a storm. Sometimes the greatest revelations come out of a storm. <sighs> Can I tell you, everybody prays for the breath of God. We say, Lord, breathe on my family. Breathe on my church. Breathe on my finances. Breathe, Lord. Breathe, Lord. Breathe, Lord. But can I tell you, man cannot become great with just the breath of God. There must be some dirt somewhere. And it's when man's breath, God's breath, mixed with man's dirt that man becomes a living soul. The dirt was essential to becoming. Without the dirt, there is no man. But it's when the breath mixes with man's problem. Can I tell you, your dirt does not disqualify you. Your dirt does not disqualify you from being touched or used. Your problems do not disqualify you. While you see dirt as a problem, God sees your dirt as potential. And he says, I can make something come out of that. I can make a man of God come out of that. I can make a woman of God come out of that. Just give your dirt to me and let me breathe on it. And I'll use it to make you big. Come something. Said if I can just get rid of this dirt, maybe God will use me. God's like, no, just give the dirt to me. Uh, and let me use it now. Hold on, God, let me sweep all this dirt out of my life. Uh, let me sweep all this dirt out of my life before I become real faithful. Uh, before I ever think about preaching. Uh, before I ever think about singing or being used. Let me get this dirt out. He said, no, you'll never get rid of it. Uh, until you learn to just give it to me. Uh, and if you give it to me, uh, uh, I can turn it around. Uh, I can make something beautiful come out of it. Uh, if you'll just give me the dirt. You're not disqualified Whew. because you're not perfect. You're not disqualified because you battle. You're not disqualified. God can use that battle to pull things out of you that you never knew was there. Huh. Help me, Holy Ghost. When astrologers from space look at the earth, they can see the Sahara Desert. And as they look at the earth while these astronauts are in the sky or in the space, when they look at the earth, they can see the Sahara Desert from space. And they see the windstorms that blow through the Sahara Desert. When they look at the windstorms, they can see the wind carrying the dirt of the Sahara Desert across the Atlantic Ocean. The dirt travels from the Sahara Desert 3,000 miles by the wind. And the wind drops the dirt off in the Amazon Basin. 
And when the dirt falls from the sky in the Amazon, the dirt fertilizes the plants. And the Amazon. And the plants need the dirt to survive. The plants need the dirt to grow. And the wind takes the dirt to a spot where it will thrive. Help me, Holy Ghost. I said the wind didn't drop off your problem in some random ocean. The wind picked up you and your issues. And it skipped over a lot of churches. And it dumped you right here in Clearwater at New Destiny. And he said, I'm jumping you in a spot where what's in you is going to grow. And you will become something. My God, I wish somebody would clap in this place. If I'm helping you, somebody needs to lift up their voice. Somebody needs to shout unto the Lord. Somebody needs to thank God for the win. Hallelujah. 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 See the... <laughs> See, the devil tries to convince you that because you have dirt, you just don't never need to come back to church. Because you have dirt, the devil tries to tell you, don't ever go after your calling. Don't ever go after your destiny. Because you have dirt, the devil tries to convince you that you can never be anything. And so you've been thinking about leaving. You've been thinking about going off, do your own thing. But the devil understands if you ever get a revelation of the wind that God did not bring you here by accident. But he strategically set you up in a spot where what's in you can thrive. Come on, somebody. And the dirt that the devil tried to use to destroy you, God uses to fertilize and grow everything that's already inside. The wind picks up man's weakness and travels 3,000 miles to drop off that weakness in the right place. And what you hate about yourself God had a spot in mind for what you hate about yourself. You hate it? Hold on. I'm going to bring it to a place 
where I know you have an attitude. But I'm going to drop you in a spot where I can work with that attitude and put it into a tenacity for evangelism. You're not hearing me. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm talking to somebody. Uh, uh, you feel like you got a weakness because you can have a tendency to go towards depression. Boy, I feel like ministering right now. And you say, I can't do ministry. I, I, I got a tendency to get depressed a little bit. I got a tendency to go on into that depression. And God said, hold on, let me bring that, that dirt to a spot. And I'm going to turn that depression into intercession. Where when you start feeling down, you're not feeling down for you. You're feeling down for people that are connected to you. And when you feel down, you don't try to hide in a corner. You go into intercession and prayer because you know God is calling on you to intercede for somebody next to you. He said, don't try to bury your dirt. Just lift it up to the wind. And just let the wind take it. Don't try to act like it's not there. Just let the wind take it. Just let the wind have it. Come on now. Just, just, you, just, you just come in the altar and just lift it up to the wind. I'm not going to try to hide it under my pew. I'm not going to try to act like I'm perfect. I'm not going to try to act like nothing's wrong. No, I'm just going to come to church and I'm just going to lift it up to the wind. Because the wind doesn't make mistakes. I say you're not here by accident. My Lord. Uh, I said God didn't bring you here by accident. Some of y'all have been feeling like, well, I'm just, I'm just here coasting for a while. I'm here just in a season. Why is it getting quiet in here? Man, I'm in the vein. I'm right in the vein. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, it's my season right now. But the dirt helps the plants get roots. I say your problems, your inadequacies, in order to thrive, need some roots. You can't build roots in six months. I don't know if you can build roots in five years. Hello? 
you, you want to build roots in two church services. I'm ready to go. I'm just coming to July Revival. And after four weeks of good church, that season is over. Time to find something new. And that instability leads to your inadequacy dictating your future instead of the wind dictating your future. Because the wind has settled here. The Amazon, the Amazon, it has enough oxygen to supply oxygen to 20 times more people than are on the earth right now. So 9 billion people, 8 billion people, multiply that by 20. That's how much oxygen is in the Amazon right now. And it's all fertilized by the dirt. So you're telling me you're leaving, you're willing to leave that amount of oxygen because you don't want to get rooted. <sighs> Come on, somebody. Where God has planted you in an atmosphere where people don't define you by your dirt. They define you by the breath that's working in you. Ah. Come on, somebody. And uh, the roots is what keep you in the storm. You see, some of you, huh, help me, I, I'm ministering right now. So, some of you have been here, but your mind hasn't been here. Meaning you're here presently, but your mind isn't in the Amazon no more. You're like, I got to go. Your mind's like, I got to go to Argentina I got to go to somewhere in Central America. I see Mexico's nice. I see the U.S. is nice. I know I'm most thriving most in the Amazon, but these other countries are really enticing. So you've been here, but your mind's like, oh, should I move? And And because your mind's not here, you're not getting the nutrients here. And you're putting on branches, but because your mind's not here, you're not putting on fruit. 
And just because you're growing doesn't mean you're growing. Got some good branches. Got some good stalks. Got some, got a, some good bark on you. But you've been here long enough where I'm looking for some fruit. And there can't be fruit if every time a storm comes your way, you think about moving. Boy, it's getting tight in here. I don't know. Nobody talked to me about anything. Y'all know that, right? I'm just in the Holy Ghost. It's amazing how, you, how people will think of excuses, excuses to exempt themselves from growth in the word. Every time a word comes your way, if it's too dead on, who's been talking to? How, how long are you going to use that one? Like someone said, the mind is never more creative than when finding an excuse. You're at your peak. Some of y'all got a Ph.D. in excuses. Y'all some philosophers. Word comes your way and you're like, but what about why? Assume the thinking position. I never thought of that. And I'll never think of that again. a storm comes, we need to move somewhere. Every time somebody get bitter at you, oh, that church, I don't know about that church. Any church you go to, there's going to be some problems. Any church and a great house, there's vessels to honor and dishonor. A great house. I said a great church has vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. So you say, man, there's too much dirt in this church. I'm going to go to a nearby one. And you stay there long enough, ooh, I like this breath. And all of a sudden, hey, there's some dirt around here. <laughs> then you start seeing the dirt, and you're like, I can't worship here. There's all this dirt. Ooh, there's a new church down the road. Let me go check that one out. Ooh, there's breath here. This is how I like it. I like it small, so I seem valued more. I get more ministry opportunities here. You know, I'm just trying to preach my message, but the Holy Ghost just took over, right? <laughs> I like, like, they recognize I can sing. I know the word. Well, what does Genesis 1 and 1 say? Is that a trick question? Thank you for putting it on for me. <laughs> Is that a trick question? You don't really know the word like that because you never got roots. Every time a storm comes, you just think about moving. Every time. 
Something happens on your job. I got to go. You, feel, you don't feel appreciated after you did something. I need to feel some more. I'm appreciated. And the roots never. You're here, but in your mind, you're not here. So you're not getting roots down. Logistically, logistically, because I'm an evangelist, all, this year, and I don't tell this everywhere, but I'm in the vein of the Holy Ghost, and I just, I'm a vulnerable, I'm a transparent person, okay? This year, I've been on 113 flights this year. Last year, I did 230, 170,000 miles in the sky last year. This year, I've got 100,000 miles in the sky already at the halfway point of the year, okay? It would make perfect sense to me, logistically, to move to Orlando where I'm closer to the airport. I'm at the airport more than I'm at my home church. I base out of Bellevue, Florida, Souls Harbor. It's where I got saved. That's where I got my roots down. It would make sense for me to live in Orlando because I'm an hour and 20 minutes from the airport, and I'll probably visit my church maybe 10 times in a year. 20 times a church service, 20 times church service, 20 times. That's a miracle in a year. I'm always preaching everywhere. So logistically, it makes sense to move closer to the airport. But spiritually, spiritually, if I make that decision, I'm in trouble. So instead of me thinking of ways to move closer to the airport, I live about seven minutes from the church. I'm thinking of ways to buy a house that's closer to the church. Are you getting it? Just because an opportunity comes that logistically sounds great, Does it mean that's the best spiritual thing you should do considering all of your dirt? So God planted me in a church where my dirt can thrive. So I protect that. I guard that. I'm, I'm planted. I'm steadfast there. Because you know what? I got to think about when my son gets older. And he needs to be in a spot where roots are. Whew. Hello? Don't let offense make you sacrifice your kids. Don't sacrifice your family on the altar of offense. Where I don't care if my kids love the kids program, I'm hurt. The Lord has taken over this message. I didn't even, I, I'm trying to preach, but the Lord just took over. 
I don't care if my kids love the kids program and they love everybody and they got friends there. You know what? They don't appreciate me and my gifting. I'm taking my kid. Let's go. Let's get out of here and let's go to a territory where they won't connect spiritually. But I'll put up Instagrams and Facebooks like we're all happy. Am I in the vein like that right now? Got the kids together. Easter photo. When the photo's over, it's like, oh, my God, I'm so depressed. But I got to make them feel like I was right. So I'm going to play the social media game. Kids are crying before the photo. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Freshen up, girls. Stop crying. Stop crying, boy. And I know me and our marriage, we're not, we're not doing good either. But come on, let's got to put on a smile for the church so, so nobody thinks anything's wrong with us. You got to get your roots down. You got to get your roots down. So you can be productive in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Help me, Holy Ghost. See, the thing is, you are trying to cover your treasure with your dirt. Saying, God can't use this treasure. I'm going to just bury it beneath the dirt instead of giving it to heaven. And what did that young man do. God gave him one talent. And he was so mad at the master for giving him one talent. He dug a hole and dumped his talent in the dirt and just buried it. And it took more energy to bury his gift than it took to invest in his gift. He said, man, you should have put the talent, you should have invested it in a bank, collected interest off of it. How, how simple is that? Here, I'd like to collect interest. Thank you. But you know him? Night and day. It's harder than to bury it than to invest in it. And 
one reason why he buried his gift was because he was intimidated by everybody else's gift. She can sing. I can sing. So let me hide my little voice. Why are you not in the choir? Oh, girl, you know, you know. I'm busy. Come on, somebody. He was intimidated by everyone else's gift. But it's amazing that when the master came back, the one with five talents got ten, the one with two talents got four, the one with one talent, he hid his gift and buried it. But you know what he said to those that were faithful? Look what he said. To both of them, the one with ten talents and the one with four talents. Look what he said. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. In light of the master, ten talents, four talents, one talent, it's all few compared to what he has. Just give your talent to the wind. Give your dirt and your talent to the wind and let it direct you. Mm. Can you lift up your hands where you are right now? Hey, can you pray for God to baptize you with some roots right now? God, you are ministering right now. You are ministering, Jesus. Lord, you are ministering right now. Oh, God, you are ministering. I am convinced that the main reason that God desires to use me is because I have roots. No matter where I travel, I talk to my pastor one to three times a week. I stay in contact with my roots. They have complete liberty to tell me whatever they want to tell me. That's why God can trust me. I talk to my pastor one to three times a week. I talk to my bishop once a month. People ask me, well, why do you only talk to your bishop once a month, but your pastor one to three times a week? I tell them, because I'm more afraid of bishop. <laughs> Bishop's like Moses. He don't play. So when I'm on the phone with him, I'm speaking in tongues under my breath. Like, <laughs> cleanse me, Lord. Cleanse me. 
And he said, like, what, what did you say? It's like my heart just goes under my foot. Like, oh, Bishop, I said this. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. I'm like, But you know what? My home church, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without my home church. No matter where God takes you, no matter where God elevates you, everybody needs a home church. Everybody. You see, you got to think of it as, see, see, what happens is some of, some of you haven't been elevated. Let me tell you why. Because you, you haven't been elevated because you don't have any loyalty yet. And, and you just, you just, you would just backslide if you became everything you wanted to become. You'd just be, you'd just be backslid. Because what you would do is you get elevated, then you look at the local church and say, hey, I told you you couldn't hold me down. Look what I did despite all you did to me. Help me, Holy Ghost. God's like, okay, I can't trust you with power. Because you would use your power to damage the kingdom more than help it. Several years ago, there was a man. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm sorry, y'all, for taking so long. I'm almost done. I preach with a timer. I've been going 45 minutes. I'm, I'm about to wrap up. I'm sorry. I'm good? I, I'm, almost, I, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. <laughs> because, the, the reason why I say this is because y'all don't normally have Sunday nights. So I don't want to take advantage of you. You know, you're like, People look at it like, man, I, I come out on a Sunday night, this man going 45 minutes out here. I <laughs> Like, man, the guy could at least did 30. Hallelujah. I mean, <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Just hold on for me, okay? You guys are awesome. I saw one person going like, man, that's good. <laughs> Start getting a little fidgety like. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm almost done. There was a, I am, I am. I promise. I promise. I promise you. And so here it is. Here, here it is. Here it is. There was a man several years ago, for, for some reason, I'm being very personal and transparent with you because I want to help you, okay? Several years ago, this man, for some reason, didn't like me. I don't know why. I mean, how does that happen, you know? I mean, like, wow, there's people that don't like me. Wow, that's, that's, I thought I was an okay guy. Hallelujah. Guess not. Praise the Lord. And uh, the guy hated me and really was trying to destroy me, really. 
And uh, yes, yes, you, you will encounter spirits like that. It's just, you know, humans can be strong. And uh, anyways, went through all that. And uh, several years later, I preached the Youth Congress, you know, 2017. And, uh, you know, 34,000 people were there, preached it after congress this same man who i hadn't talked to in years he uh same man and talked to in years he was in the the presence of several people and preachers and uh he began to come at me in public and uh and uh try to attack my credibility just attack my character and um, I just kind of took it on my chin. And I went home, and I'm like, man, you know. I, I, I think of my ears could turn red. They, uh, they, they probably got a little red, hallelujah. And I meant the place that if I were to say something, or do something, I mean, it could forever damage this guy forever. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, Victor, the same humility it takes to get somewhere is the same humility it takes to stay there. And he said, you took it on the chin and loved that band on the way up. And if you're going to be used by me, you have to have the humility to take it and keep your mouth shut. And the Lord said, if you want me to keep using you, look what he said. He said, people that I stop using are people, when they make it up to a mountain and I start using them, they point a finger back at everyone that hurt them. And they say, this is what you did to me. And look at me now. Look at me now. This is what you did to me. Look, I'm here. I'm here. And, and talking about your haters and everything. And God says the moment they do that, that's the moment they peak and they have to go back down. But he said, it takes a special anointing for you to be in a place of power and take hits from people, and instead of trying to get back at them, you strive to serve them. What will you do when God elevates you? Will you serve or will you destroy? I've taken a number of shots. I'm becoming a master at taking shots. I'm like, psh, psh. love you. How can I serve?
You want to be like Jesus, right? How many times was he punched? How many times was he cut? How many times was he betrayed? And he said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And my love for them. Right now, I could call down 12 legions of angels to destroy every person that hit me, he said. But I'm keeping my mouth shut as a lamb before the slaughter. That the kingdom might expand. Everybody stand and clap your hands to the Lord. I... Hamasoto, can you clap your hands to the Lord? I'm... Oh, hallelujah. God, the wind has carried you here, carried you to a spot where God saw fit to skip over a lot of places and bring you here. Get your roots down because there's some fruit that wants to come forth. Despite all of your weaknesses, despite everything wrong, despite all your inadequacies, despite all of your failures, despite all your mistakes, there's some fruit that wants to come forth out of your spirit if you will allow it. You've been there. You've had questions in your mind. You were thinking of making some life-changing decisions that can negatively impact your family forever. But the Holy Ghost has literally stopped this message. To say, get rooted. And not only will your dirt fertilize what's in you, the people around you, their dirt, will also develop what I've placed in you. So stop looking at other people's dirt as a hindrance. And start looking at their dirt as an opportunity to grow. Mm. You know, when that man hurt me in front of several people, I saw in my spirit, you know what? I got a long way to grow. Are you getting it? Didn't get bitter at them. I said, wow, I need to be conformed into God's image. I've got a long way to grow. I'm still on that journey trying to grow. I still got a lot to learn. But I can learn it and I can grow from it because I have roots. If I didn't have roots, when a hurt comes, who knows where I'd be? When you have roots, come on. 
you can outlast the pain and the hurt. I want you to grab the hand of somebody near you. I want you to just ask God to breathe on the person next to you right now. There's a ministering anointing in this building. God is taking over this service. I want you to ask the Lord to breathe on them and to grow them. Come on, that's it. Pray for God to breathe on them. Something's going to grow in you. Something's going to grow in you. Something is growing in you. Something's going to blossom from beneath the surface. Come on, I want you to take a moment and minister to the person next to you. Take a moment and minister and tell them, hold on. God's going to get glory out of what they've been going through. God's going to get glory out of their dirt. If you feel to step outside your seat, you can step out of your seat and find somebody to pray with in this sanctuary. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. This whole place is an altar right now. If you feel to walk across this building and find somebody to lay your hands on and encourage, why don't you do that right now? The Holy Ghost is in this place. The body is ministering to the body. Seat. And I want you to go to find somebody to pray with. 
your section. I want you to go across. Go find somebody that you don't normally pray
Jesus.